a listener production. Hi, I'm Elle Ferguson and this is Sliding Doors, where I chat with inspirational people from the world of fashion and beauty about their sliding door moment. That is, the moment they took a chance or made a life change that led them to where they are now at the top of their game. Having founded my own fashion and beauty brand, The Elle Effect, I know that succeeding in these industries isn't easy. So I'm inviting the people I admire most on the podcast to share their stories, insights, and tips for turning your passion into a career. Alex, ah, I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I cannot believe I haven't seen you in like three years. I know, it feels like forever. Alex Brown is a small town girl from Minnesota who made it big in LA assisting Jen Atkin with A-list celebrities like Hailey Bieber, Bella Hadid, Chrissy Teigen and Kylie Jenner. It was one moment on a 24-hour trip in Qatar that she realised this jet-setting, fast-paced life wasn't for her and she gave it all up to move to Chicago to open her own salon. Those nails are such a vibe. I've done the same nude for every month and so I'm like, I really need to switch it up. So we got smart. I reckon I've had the same nude for like 10 years. (laughs) I love it. Fast forward three years and she's actually living her best life ever, running two salons and doing Justin Bieber's personal grooming. You look so official, Elle. (laughs) Alex, when will I see you? I know, Elle. I first met Alex in a hotel room in Sydney. She was accompanying Jen Atkin on her first trip to Australia. I met Alex. She did my hair. We fell in love. We've had so much magic since. I cannot wait to chat with her. Alex, I'm so excited to be chatting to you. Same, Elle. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I can't believe I actually got us organized enough to get this happening. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. It's been so long. It's been actually too long, but I feel like I always follow your travels on Instagram and I feel like we're connected (laughs) like that. Yes. Before I start, I have this thing called the fast five. So you can't think about it too much. You've literally got to say the first answer that comes to your head. Here we go. Okay. What's the last song you listened to? Oh my gosh. I don't know the name of it. I think it's a new the baby song. Okay, we're on the into radio. It. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. What's your coffee order? Just a tall iced americano. Boring. <laughs> okay, who was the last person you texted? Uh, my sister. Nice. Would you rather give up social media or eat the same dinner for the rest of your life? Social media. And what was the last photo on your phone? Uh. Recent headshot, I think, nice. that I had to screenshot. It's so boring. That's the, no, that's the entrepreneur in you. I guess so. So, Alex, I met you, I reckon, five years ago in Sydney when Jen Atkins yeah. made one of her first voyages to Sydney. And I remember opening the door up and you were standing in the room. I tried to force feed you a lamington because you guys didn't know what an Aussie lamington was. That's right. Was. Yes, because that was Jen Jen's first time meeting you too, right? Yeah, yeah. In so that was, hotel room. Yes. That was so fun. Yes. Oh, I feel like that was a whole different world and time. That's so crazy. It was a whole lifetime ago. But I guess I met you as Jen's assistant and I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to work with you numerous times after that, which we'll get into later. But I'd love to hear from you. How did you get into the industry? Yeah, so when I was in high school... 
My my older sister, so she's five years older than me. So when I was like in eighth grade, my sister's best friend was in beauty school. And I just always thought her best friend was so cool. I always wanted to hang out with them and they never let me. But I just always looked up to her and she went to beauty school and I was sort of her guinea pig. My mom let me go there and she would color my hair and cut my hair and do my makeup. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I sort of became obsessed probably since like seventh, eighth grade. And I started doing my friend's hair and makeup. And it just really was always that I was the person doing that for everyone in my life. I feel like my mom, my sister, I mean, (laughs) everyone. So yeah, I decided to, to go to beauty school and make it my career. So I'm from a town of like 100 people in, in Minnesota. Very yeah, this small. This was interesting. Like, it's a small town. Because when I was yeah. working out where you were from, I was like, oh, it's a little town. It's very no, little. L, it's literally one stop sign. <laughs> so my, it's funny though. Like my whole life, I always wanted to go to a bigger city. Anything I saw on MTV or just on TV in general, I was like, I have to go see more. You know, it was just always in me. So... When I graduated high school, my sister and I moved to Chicago, Okay, which it's only a six-hour drive. Like, I knew I wanted to go to a bigger city, but New York felt a little too scary. <laughs> L.A. felt too far. So I was like, let's start with Chicago. Yeah. So, yeah, my sister and I moved here, and that's where I went to beauty school. And how long was that? How long was the course? It's only nine months. Oh, it's quick. Yeah, you're it's in and so you're out. quick. Yeah, and it's really just to get your license, like, through the state. It's very basic, you know. And then what did you do after you studied after the nine months? What happened then? So, yeah, I became an assistant at a higher-end salon here in Chicago. So I was an assistant for like three years. They had a really brutal training program. And it sort of like taught me so much on like how to be an assistant, the whole salon world, because I had never even worked in a salon. Um, So I assisted these two guys who were very busy, amazing stylists. And then yeah, I graduated from the training program and became a stylist at that salon for about three years. Oh, wow. And then did you go, I'm going to the bright lights and the big city? Yeah. You know, what so happened? I know. So this is where it kind of gets crazy. Um, so Instagram was sort of just starting. I didn't really have an Instagram. I think it was very personal. I had like pictures of my nieces and ne- my we niece and nephews. There. We were all yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. We used frames. There were strange things happening when, when Instagram yeah. started. It was weird. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so a couple of girls at my salon came up and said, have you heard of Jen Atkin? She's having a class in Canada. Would you want to go to her class? And I had been a stylist at that salon for about two and a half years, three years at that point, and I had been wanting more. I felt like I didn't want to work there my whole career. I mean, I was only 22 or 23 years old, you know? And so I was like, thinking of always moving to LA. That was always my dream, did work with celebrities. And I sort of felt like this class with Jen could be an in in some way, but you can't really let, you know, your people at your salon know because they'll be, (laughs) they'll tell everyone and it's it's a whole thing. So yes, exactly. So I decided to go to the class with a couple of the girls from the salon. And on the lunch break at the class, I asked Jen's assistant, like at the class, how did you get this job? Basically, like, I want to steal your job. Um, But she was just the nicest person. And she gave me her info. And she was like, if you ever move to LA, let me know. And I'll see if we need anyone at the time. And I was like, she probably says that to everyone, you know. Um, But six months later, I ended up moving to LA. And this is like the craziest moment of my life. So I decided to move to LA. I've got goosebumps. I know. It's just the craziest time So I go to FedEx like four days after I moved in, finally unpacked. I'm like, I need a job. So I go to FedEx to print off 
50 resumes to bring to any salon. Like, I'll work anywhere at this point just so that I can live here. And while they're printing, I'm just scrolling through Instagram, like, waiting for them to print. And literally at that moment, Jen's assistant commented on a picture on my Instagram and said, Hey, Alex, are you by chance in L.A. yet? We need an assistant tomorrow. I got... L, I died. I ran... I literally <laughs> left the resumes and ran out of there crying. I was so excited because I knew that, like, the three years of assisting at my first salon really prepped me for this moment. So it was more so, like, if I get the opportunity, like, I got this. You know, like, I yeah. will make it work. Yeah. So... From there, I assisted Jen for three years and met you. <laughs> Rewind, because, I mean, I love on this podcast, we discuss those sliding door moments and those moments that change your life. And I mean, would that be your moment? A hundred percent. Yeah, it really was. Can I just ask, when you were building up to moving to LA and, and working in the salon, because I, I could imagine working in the salon was really intense. They're long hours and just trying to like feed your passion till you get to that next big step. Who was kind of supporting your dreams? Who was your cheerleader? Who was your cheer squad then? That was always so amazing to me looking back on. It's like, The people in that salon, like the two guys that I assisted, my mentors, I felt like they wanted me to be good. They were never scared of me being better. It's like they wanted me to be busy. And I feel so lucky to have had them so young. You know, it was like 18 years old, graduating beauty school. And it was never like, I just felt like people in my salon wanted me to be really good. And of course, my sister, my family, I felt like, there was no one ever like stopping me. Which you know? is amazing. Which is what we like. We like to be I lifted really, up. Yeah, I was I was lucky. So I guess everybody wants to know, because I want to know, that's the thing. <laughs> when you went for the first day and you assisted with Jen, what was it for and what was that like? So this, it's hilarious, actually, because <laughs> I was told that I would be working. So she worked in the salon maybe once every four months. So I was told that it would be a regular salon day and she needed extra hands. So I was like, this is perfect. That's what I know. Like I got this. So they told me 11 o'clock. So that morning I lived by Runyon Canyon. So I'm like, I'm going to go for a hike. Like I have until 11. (laughs) L, I am on the top of Runyon Canyon. (laughs) And her assistant called and said, Chloe canceled. We need to be there in 20 minutes. I sprinted down the canyon, (laughs) ran home. I couldn't even shower. I just had to get ready really quick. And I, so I get ready and I get there, I think, you know, a half hour later. And it was a salon day. There was me and two other assistants. And I felt so comfortable because I know from those three years of assisting, it was like, I I can just do what they tell me to do. I know how to shampoo. I know how to sweep. I just have to do the things, you know? So it was that the first day. And I remember thinking like, this isn't a permanent thing. It's like, they said she needed me for a day. So I was still a little concerned. Like I still need a job. Yeah. So I remember like at the end of the night, we were all packing up and the manager of the salon was there. And I had said to him, hey, like, are you guys hiring? I really need a job. Um, I just moved here. And Jen like stopped me and said to him, no, she doesn't need a job. She's working for me. And I remember being like, oh, I am. You know, it was like just, it was a big moment. It was so crazy. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. So where did it go from there? Then did it just go full throttle? Like what happened? Yeah, it really was full throttle. I mean, (laughs) it was funny, like looking back now and like 
the beginning. Of course, she wants to, you know, ease me in because I'm this person she doesn't know. But it was like way was just starting. And I remember sitting at Jen's kitchen table at 10 p.m. and she's testing different whey products on my hair. And it's like my first week in L.A. I'm just like, is this my life? You know, it was like a complete dream come true. I remember just like helping her with organizing her house or moving or she she moved a lot when I worked for her. (laughs) But I think just like things in the beginning were more so like getting comfortable with me and me getting comfortable with her. And I remember thinking like she had other assistants at the time who would go with her on these big jobs. And I remember being like, I want to be that person, you know? And I'm like, if I just keep working and doing what I'm supposed to do, it'll be me. And sure enough, you know, a month in, I'm at... Kim and Kanye's house or whoever. And it was like, wow, it's like really happening. You know, it's just, it was the craziest moment of my life. Because <laughs> I think what people don't realize is, is that when you guys travel, you're so close together. And especially when you do like press trips and stuff, they book appointments in and interviews in so back to back that I remember when I first kind of met you guys, you were such a well-oiled machine that Jen wouldn't even need to ask for a comb or a pin. Like you or the other assistant would be standing there and it was almost like you'd read each other's minds of what you needed. Yes. So you saying that, you you know, like she had to get comfortable with you or you had to get comfortable with her, It, you guys were just so busy. I remember those first few times I met you and it was insanely busy. Like it was, it was crazy how much you had going on. Totally. With that, like what kind of sacrifices did you have? Because I think when people go, oh my God, you've made it or oh my God, you're going to Kim and Kanye's house. They don't realize the sacrifice on the other side that you have to give up. You know what I mean? Completely. So what did you kind of go through? Well, it's funny. I actually moved to LA with an ex-boyfriend. So that relationship ended fairly quickly because to me, it was more so like I was in the relationship in Chicago and it was like, I'm moving to LA because this is what I want to do. And he sort of said, I'll come with, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> which of course it was, it was fine. But when I got there, I knew that I was there for my career. So nothing was going to get in my way. Yeah. So of course I gave that up. I mean, we would be at a Lakers game and I'm leaving to go work real quick because a lot of it is very last minute. It's on the yeah. go. It's whenever you are needed, you go, you know? I missed a lot of friends' weddings, baby showers. I mean, any family thing, especially from LA back to Minnesota and Chicago where I'm from. I mean, it's a four-hour flight. I feel like I missed a lot of things in those years. But I think it taught me too, like what I really miss and what's important and um, just kind of what I valued more, you know? Yeah. Were you living by yourself in LA? Yes. So, well... After my ex and oh, yes. I broke I was, up, yeah. We, but then, yes. we appreciate him, but <laughs> he, once he went, honestly, were you by he yourself? Was, he was there for a purpose, but yes, I, <laughs> I had my apartment after that where I lived by myself, yeah. Because I find like it, sometimes it's really lonely. Do you know what I mean? Because you kind of yes. like, you work, you work, you work, you work, and then you kind of come home and then you have a few hours sleep and then you go again. And then there's moments where you kind of go, oh my gosh, I'm actually, I'm around so many people, but I'm actually quite lonely. So true. Do you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I experienced that so much. It's like my apartment was a drop-off ground for all my yeah. stuff. And like, you're also so jet lagged that you do feel busy, but also yeah. so lonely. Yeah. And you guys spent so much time in the Middle East. 
that blew my mind because I think I remember seeing you and you'd always kind of come from there or were going there and the stories that you would tell. I mean, I've never been, but could you share some of those stories? Because it does sound amazing. Yes, it was the most beautiful culture that I never knew anything about. And I'm so grateful for those days there and like with those women. So Jen ended up building a fairly large clientele with a lot of Middle Eastern women who from what I understand, we're maybe vacationing in LA or Beverly Hills in the summers. And I think that's how she built the connections. So we would go to Dubai and work at like an all women's salon. And it was very long, crazy days. We would start at like 8 a.m. until 8 p.m. And we would just work all day. But it was the most amazing experience. I mean, these women would just come in and they're just beautiful and like the most gorgeous hair. And we would just bust out haircuts like all day and just drink coffee. (laughs) And just go for it. (laughs) Yeah. And we did a lot of um, Middle Eastern weddings, which were also so beautiful. And that was like a whole nother experience in itself too. So it was just such a good, amazing experience. I remember watching all those videos where y'all would just be cutting people's hair and they'd just be like ponytails of hair that was being cut off. I feel like everybody had long luscious locks until you guys rocked up and then everybody had like a cute bob. Well, yeah, it's like, When the short, like, cute lobs came in, everyone was wanting that. But, like, long hair was such a tradition in the Middle East for so long. So there was a point where, like, we went and everyone wanted their hair chopped off. It was crazy. So I guess this is an interesting question because Mm -hmm. you and I hung out. You did my hair numerous Coachella trips. They were rocking. (laughs) They were the highlights of some of those trips was you coming to the bedroom early and we'd make some magic with hair. But then, you know, I saw you in LA. I saw you in New York. I saw you in Sydney. And then you kind of told me on one of the trips that you were resigning from Jen. And I remember going, like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? Don't you live like your best life ever? Like, what is happening? Yeah. And I want to know about that because I feel like that moment must have been really kind of hard for you, but also liberating. And I just want to know why and how. And Yeah. So that was probably like, I don't know, the biggest tell-all moment for myself in my life. It's like, Since I remember, that was my dream. I was literally living out my dream and just slowly realizing that that maybe wasn't my dream anymore. It's sort of a, it's not to go all deep, but it was really just like, what makes me really happy? I think after a while, I'm realizing more that I'm more like my 100-person hometown than I think, but I think where you come (laughs) from really stays with you, you know? And I think that what I do value is my family and like, I'm such a homebody and I think just the whole go, go, go lifestyle, it's like I didn't want that permanently for my life. Like I didn't feel, sometimes I think it came to a point where I didn't feel healthy. I didn't feel happy, Um, even though there were amazing moments and like I can't even begin to explain how amazing those moments were. But it was just like on the daily, it was like, I felt like the longer that I stayed, the more I would get sucked in. And I just felt like there isn't a way out at a certain point in that industry, in that lifestyle. Was there one moment that you were like... Not necessarily. I remember we flew to Qatar for a day and this was roughly three years in. And I remember thinking like, I'm so... It was like, I think I was drained and I sort of just felt like to some other people flying to Qatar for a day would be the most exciting thing in the world. And it was so dreadful for me that I was like, 
if I don't like this now, like, how am I going to like my life in 10 years? And I do, like, family has always been a very important thing to me. I want to have kids and I want to be married. And I just feel like I realized that was more important than traveling around, you know, doing celebrity hair or whatever it may have come to. I think it's amazing because I think you, you like learn who you are a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? Like it's actually, Mm -hmm. it's scary AF because you're kind of like, people would kill for what you're doing. Totally, totally. But I also think it takes so much Mm -hmm. inner strength and confidence, just as much to have taken that risk when you went and spoke to the assistant and said, hey, does Jen have a job? To going, you know what, this isn't right for me. I'm going to change. I'm going to start the next chapter and what you did then was mm-hmm. you've opened your own salon. So tell us about that. What was that like? Yeah, it's honestly been so great. I feel like the longer that I haven't worked for Jen, the more I'm realizing how much I really learned from her, especially now being yeah. on my own. So this these last three years since I've moved back from L.A. to Chicago, I've really learned like basically how to run my own business, how to balance personal and work life. Because the first 10 years of my career, it was only work. I really didn't have a personal life. And I think just like, I feel like I'm living a more fulfilling life in like all different aspects. You know, it's like I have my own studio that I work out of and I take clients out of. I have two assistants of my own now. So it's cool to like see the the flip of it, you know. But I also love teaching them. And I remember Jen always saying that was such a fulfilling thing for her was like teaching us. And now that I see that, it's like, such a fulfilling thing to see someone grow and learn and go be a stylist on their own. So I'm loving uh, mentoring my assistants. And then I recently opened another salon, which is more of like a freelance salon. So there's no front desk. I don't have to manage anyone. Uh, (laughs) But uh, there are four stylists that take clients out of there. So I'm sort of like finding my way and like figuring out, you know, what I want to do. And it's been really good, though been really fun. I love that. But aren't you still kind of just, you know, doing Justin Bieber's hair when he comes to town? Yeah. (laughs) Does that just kind of happen on the side? Honestly, it's so crazy how it all works out. Like I always say you really can build the life you want. And I feel like I just have always felt that way. And I think that's how I've gotten through every moment. It's like, if I want to do something, I really just go for it and see. And it, it seems to always have worked out, knock on wood. But it's amazing. Like, I feel like I can have that life that I had in LA thanks to the connections I made and like putting in the hard work, but like I can also have a personal, what I also wanted, you know? So it's just been really amazing to see how it's like unfolding. I feel so lucky. No, I love that. When you moved, I was like, oh goodness. Like I was kind of like, oh, she's going back to her hometown. Like I kind of- Same, I'm like, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, see ya. I'm hanging my scissors up. I know. And I thought to myself, I'm really going to miss you because a lot of the times I would see you was in LA because of work. And I was like, I don't know when I'm going to go to Chicago. Totally. But then I saw you open the salon and I was like, this is really cool. And then I just saw you kind of like flourish and then was still doing celebrities hair. And I was like, you know what? She's got to figure it out because she's got the best of both worlds. Do you know what I mean? Then you fell madly in love. Then you got engaged. I was like, it was really amazing to see you take that kind of leap of faith to say no, but then it work out the way you kind of want it to work out. Yeah. Thanks, Elle. Yeah, it's been 
crazy. Can I ask what it's like to do Justin Bieber's hair? Just personally. <laughs> well, do you want to know what's funny is that I actually did his makeup. <laughs> I love it. When that makes so it even I better. Was, I was grooming. It, it was it was amazing. Like he's the nicest guy, and it was just it felt super comfortable. And yeah, it was it was pretty surreal though at the same time. Do you ever have those moments? I mean, I think they call it imposter syndrome. You know those moments when you're in those situations and you're like, I'm not worthy. I can't do this. Do you ever have moments like that? Because you've done some amazing things. It's funny. It's like people, it would be like B-listers that make me more excited. Like I'll never forget the time Jen um, cut Piper Parabo's hair, who's like the main actress in Coyote Ugly. You don't even know that was my obsession movie in high school. So like seeing people like that, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I guess I just really don't, but it's more so for like people who, I don't know, people who I've been obsessed with. (laughs) You just go with it. But do you tell your, like, even with the salon and stuff, do you ever have moments where you're like, I can't do this? Or are you always just full of energy and you're like, I can do this? Do you ever have those moments? I always think the salon work is much harder than anything else. Yeah. It is, for sure. I've put my schedule to be Wednesday through Saturday, so I only have four days in the salon, but I do long days. And I do find it to be pretty draining. Um, yeah. But I think, like, giving myself an, the third day off, so I have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off, it's helped balance it more because it is, I mean, like 10 to 15 clients a day, you're hearing 10 to 15 different stories, and it's go, 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 and... I remember Jen always saying that salon stylists are just like so, such hard workers, you know, it's, it's They're a lot. They're therapists. Totally. They're literally therapists. Totally. Like I feel, I'm a shout out to any hairdressers that work in salons because you deal with a lot. Oh my gosh, seriously. So I have to ask you advice that you would give to somebody that wanted to go it on their own. What advice would you give? Yeah. I feel like if you feel like you've set yourself up for success. So like putting in the years of assisting, I think definitely go for it. Like that's one thing I also have been doing is sort of mentoring girls to leave the more so salon life and go on their own and build their own brand through Instagram. And I think it's like, you know, when you're ready, you have maybe had a clientele for the last X amount of years and you feel like that is the next step. If you feel like you're in that position, I always say you have to go for it. It's like, it is just the most, it's the best feeling. It's like everything you do is for your own brand. And like for me, after assisting different hairstylists for roughly six years, everything I did was for them. And I was always, that's the type of person I am. I love to help other people. But when you take a step back and it's like all for you and your brand and your, it's the best feeling ever. And I just think you'll be able to set boundaries. You'll be able to create your own schedule. It's just, it can make you, the best version of yourself, you know? It's a different feeling when you do it for yourself, isn't it? Yeah. It's a whole different, those long hours, they're not as bad. When you do it for yourself, they're they're really not as bad. So true. So can I ask, what kind of advice do you give on the Instagram? Because your Instagram's always been amazing. Your portfolio of just what you do and how you portray it on social media is amazing. What kind of advice do you give to your apprentices with that or girls, like you said, when they're trying to build it up? Yeah, I always just say try to stay like as true to yourself as possible and don't necessarily look at like you know the the general aesthetic that everyone has been doing I feel like it's really especially with hair it's like everyone has seen a picture of a bob that's wavy on a white wall and it's like 
try to just do what you think looks good, what you think looks cool. Maybe even bring your own personal life and personal style into it because it's like the authenticity of you is what makes your page and your brand. It's not necessarily just taking a picture of something on, you know, and I, it's even something yeah. I struggle with. It's like the things that I feel like get the best views are just simply me being me. And it's like, oh, I need to do that more often. But that's also a hard thing to do. It's like, you're exposing yourself, you know, Elle. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, but just telling them that like, I think just be more open and try to be more comfortable and just be yourself on your Instagram is like what people want to see. It's so true. They really do just want to see the unfiltered version of you. That's I why know. they're there. You I know, know what I mean? but it's so scary to give that, especially me. I'm not like a... I'm slightly reserved. I never really, I don't know. I just care too much about the whole thing. You're like so the nicest ah! person ever. That's what you are. You're like, I just have to say to everybody, every morning we did Coachella and did like a 6am hairdo, you would always <laughs> rock up with a Starbucks for Joel and fun. I. You're like that girl. You're like the nicest girl ever. <laughs> so I was talking to Ash Holmes about how she gets confidence and what she does. And she told me that she does the Wonder Woman stance. So she stands with her hands on her hips and she stands very powerful. I love that. I want to know from you, what do you you do to get confidence? Is there a saying? Is there a song? Is there a stance? What do you do to kind of build your self-confidence up? I think like listening to so like certain songs. I don't, I can't think of the certain songs, but like on my way to work, I always plug in my phone and listen to certain playlists on Spotify that like, I don't know, get me going. And I feel like honestly too, just like living a healthy overall life, like working out every morning gives me confidence yeah. to have energy and like be there, be present for my clients all day. I go to bed very early. I just have such a rude, I like thrive off of routine. So you those are that are things, small those town that girl, aren't you? <laughs> You're the small town girl. I love that I you so have the big am. LA, the big LA dreams, but at your core, you're the small town girl. <laughs> I know. And who knew? I was literally fighting that for 30 years. So I'm glad I've <laughs> kind of gone into it at least. <laughs> it's like your natural hair color. I feel like you fight your natural hair color for the first 30 years of your life and then you go back to it and you're like, it actually does look better. It always no, happens. No, literally, Elle, like look at our roots right now. Who are <laughs> we? I never had... I didn't even know my hair color until two years ago. It's so true. <laughs> I love that. Okay, Alex, what's next? What is next for you? We want to know. It's so weird because I feel like this is the first time in my life that like I'm focusing on my personal life. So it's very odd for me. It slightly freaks me out that I don't know what's next. But right now I'm focusing on designing our house that we just bought and getting married. So that's what's Yay. next for me right now. It's exciting. But of course, I think about things after this year and there will be ways that I'm absolutely will want to grow because I can't just sit still. But as of right now, it's like the first time that I don't know. So I'm trying to like take it for what it's worth, I guess. <laughs> I like that though. Yeah. I like that. Alex, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. I fell in love with you the first time I met oh, you. Thank you for asking me. I think the big thing that I'm just so glad that I got to talk to you about was when you left the inverted commas dream job and took the risk to go start your own thing and go back to Chicago. I actually, I, I found it so endearing and I found it amazing. So thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Yay. Woo! <laughs> Sliding Doors is hosted by me, Elle Ferguson. Producer, Tina Matalov. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. 
executive producer Jennifer Goggin, and a special thanks to my manager Camille Toulouse for always being a fresh pair of ears on each episode. Listener.